Those are bats, babe, he'd explained. Bats? Yep, there's probably a huge cave nearby. Cool, she'd replied, trying very hard to pretend she meant it. She didn't sleep at all that night. Every flicker of shadow on the wall of the tent sent a shiver down her spine. That was nothing compared with now. She reached the spot where Trevor should have been. It was a V formation of logs and formed a natural barrier where even she'd feel somewhat comfortable. But he wasn't there. Maybe he took another way back? Her body was half-turned when she noticed the pale leather of his hiking boot. She knelt down and picked it up. It had been wedged under a root, as if he'd tripped and slid out of the shoe. Only he wasn't lying in front of it. He wasn't anywhere. Trev? She called out timidly. She was too afraid to raise her voice. The trees were growing darker and the twilight fading. Kelsey decided to go back to the tent and tried to visualize Trevor waiting for her, smiling. She took the boot and headed back to the campsite. For a moment, she panicked when the tent wasn't visible, but as she got closer, she could make out the red fabric in the dim light. There was still no sign of her boyfriend. Babe, she called out. He'd pranked her once, and she'd denied him sex that night in retaliation. She was pretty sure he'd gotten the message, but hoped that this was just a relapse. Kelsey set the boot by the front of the tent and tried to decide if she should go inside and wait or try to make a fire. Make a fire, she decided. It was when she knelt down to the small circle of rocks to ignite the dry leaves that she noticed a tree stump that hadn't been there before. Half the height of a man and as black as night, it was standing between two evergreens in a spot she would have sworn was empty a moment ago. Her breath frozen in her lungs, she quickly looked to her left and then her right to make certain that she wasn't mistaken. When her gaze returned to the stump, it was gone. The woods were moving. There was an explosion of motion, as if a shadow leaped out at her. The next thing she knew, she was on her back, and the frozen breath was trapped under the incredible weight of something standing on her chest. Her fingers felt thick, coarse hair, like on her mother's paintbrushes. The smell was coppery and rancid. She saw the flash of claws, but didn't understand what happened until seconds later, when she felt her warm blood drip down the cold flesh of her stomach. Trevor had told her that there were bears and mountain lions in these woods. Kelsey had no idea what attacked her. All she knew as she lay paralyzed, bleeding out, was that she'd never heard of an animal that wounded you, then just sat there, watching you die. Chapter 2 Ice Machine a scientific man ought to have no wishes, no affections, a mere heart of stone. 
Charles Darwin Red and blue police lights splash off the chipped chrome letters spelling Ice Machine. I'm standing in front of the motel vending machines with my plastic pail in my hand, lost in thought. Where does the water for the machine come from? Is it from some local stream? Do they filter it? Is the water sealed inside an internal reservoir before it's frozen into cubes? I just read a paper that described a new bacterium found deep inside ice caves. It evolved from photosynthesis to chemosynthesis, literally eating the rocks to survive. It could also chew through the charcoal used in most filters, like soft ice cream. So far, it hasn't been shown to be harmful to humans, which makes me wonder if it would be useful for dissolving the mineral buildup of kidney stones. So many questions.